Morning, every Monday morning, LBC 97.3. All going on this morning, isn't it? Actually, London is, is, is fairly quiet for a Monday. It is fairly quiet. It certainly wasn't yesterday, because yesterday was the day of all days with the, the, uh, the bike ride... And, uh, and th- that actually went by fairly, fairly well. I was quite surprised. They actually cleared up the streets afterwards, especially out my neck of the woods, brilliantly. Because my neighbour Lynn had said to me, We're just, the bike ride's just been through and it's gone again. And so by the time I get back to Twickenham, eventually after we did the car tyre, um, it was all clear. And it, it was quite good. A little bit, a few, few diversions. But literally, as I drove back in, they then lifted the barriers and people were able to carry on, which was, which was good. So uh, well done to everybody there. I thought that was a success. But uh, I didn't think getting the flat tyre was a success on a Sunday morning. I really didn't. But the, the guy who came out from the RAC, Mark, because I've suddenly realised, and I did warn you last week when I discovered that I'm a member of the RAC without realising I'm a member of the RAC. I thought, unless you phoned them to confirm, uh, you weren't a member. But, of course, it's an automatic rollover. So if they've got your details, they just they just pump it through that. that so I was quite grateful, even though I've got green flag as well, and so yesterday when we called them out and the woman, because I got somebody else from here to phone, Johnny to phone, and she said, well, are you sure this is your car? Somebody go, yes. And so she said, well, will you be standing by it? Yes, we will be. How long will it be? About 45 minutes. As it turned out, they were much quicker than that because Mark, the RAC man who came out, I said, is there any traffic? And he went, no. I said, have you been really busy today? He said, you're my second job since six o'clock this morning. So mine came in at 10. So I was quite pleased, actually. But, I mean, it's amazing how fast he was. I mean, he obviously spends a lot of time and he knew how to take the tyres off and, and everything. I didn't know anything at all. I was totally useless, totally useless. But I did know how to empty the boot. And, uh, and I emptied it twice. Took everything out, put it on the back seat. And then after he'd done the tyre, I put everything back in the boot again, filled it all up. And then he goes, have you got that little tool that... Uh, oh, God. So I had to take it all back out of the boot again. What a, what a nincompoop I am. And then went to a very nice barbecue on Eel Pie Island yesterday, which was very nice indeed. And uh, a couple of glasses of wine and watched the Thames going by from the other side of the river. And I absolutely loved it. It was really, really pleasant. And then at five o'clock, I was with Anthony Davis, because he must have mentioned it last night. He went off to buy ice creams from the ice cream man. And, uh, and I toddled off home, put my feet up, glass of wine, and then uh, pootled off to bed. And uh, here we are this morning. Monday morning, start of another week. And as usual, over the weekends, the courts have been very busy. They're trying to fast-track people. They reckon by the end of this week, 3,000 people will have been arrested. 3,000 people. So all those people, and there were pictures in the paper yesterday, which we talked about on the programme, who were sort of proudly showing off the loot that they had looted from shops. And I kept thinking, you don't really think that you're just going to get away with it, do you? Because the people who took the photographs for the newspapers have reported you to the police. And the police now, you know, so that's why people are trying to offload. Even in Twickenham, somebody was trying to offload phones the other day. On Friday, somebody was trying to, they'd driven out from barking, because the police arrested them, and they had 40 iPhones. They obviously decided to get as far away from the area where they live as possible. But anyway, sadly for them, uh, they got shopped, and so they got caught, and they're currently under arrest. So that's, I mean, it's fairly good news, isn't it? There's a couple of mums in the paper today. One saying, as I predicted... My son is a good boy. He goes to church and he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. The reason he was in that shop, he was checking to see if everybody was okay. And, you know, with hindsight, you can't help feeling that sometimes mums are a little bit blind to these things. Anyway, one mum who, if her son is convicted, will probably be kicked out of a council house because she's already had a letter from Wandsworth Council, has said, listen, I am not responsible for the actions of my son. 
To which we respond, yes, you are. Yes, you are. And she kept going on about, you know, I've got an eight-year-old daughter. We don't want to be evicted. They're going to cut my benefits. So she's on benefits as well and uh, still doesn't know where her son is. The, uh, the big question for everybody last week, you know, uh, do you know where your children are and who they are with? In the case of Prince uh, Andrew, uh, his mummy doesn't know where he is or who he's with. Because you remember Prince Andrew was pictured on the front of one of the papers yesterday with a mystery girl frolicking in the water, snogging. It's all a little bit tacky, I think, unfortunately. He's 51, she looked about 20-something. And uh, so they contacted Buckingham Palace and said, um, do you know who the girl was with Prince Andrew? No, we don't, said Buckingham Palace. It was a private holiday. And, uh, and we, we don't know about these sort of things. Prince Andrew, I should point out, uh, flew back by private jet to uh, Edinburgh at a cost of £30,000, not known as Air Miles Andy for nothing, you know, and we have to pay for it, which is not particularly good. And then Mel Gibson's ex. They don't miss a trick, these people. They really don't. Do you remember? This is uh, Oksana Grievera. I think that's how you pronounce her name. But anyway, uh, she wants money from Mel Gibson because her son was traumatised by watching them fight. And she wants £300,000. So, in other words, her 14-year-old son was traumatised by Mel and his then-wife having arguments and getting into fights. So she's now said uh, he wants £300,000. They're taking it to court. Only in America. I'm surprised they didn't get the babysitter in or something like that and say she was fairly traumatised when she came in and found, you know, food all over the place. And, um, and, And I remember thinking... To myself, in America, they sue at the drop of a hat. That's where all these cases started, over McDonald's and hot coffee and hot fillings. So they had to start labelling everything, warning, it says, on all the McDonald's coffee cups in America, this, the, the, the contents will be hot, because it's a hot cup of coffee. Because people suddenly realise, if you throw it, throw it down yourself, you get money. Because they go, it's hot coffee. They go, yeah, but you ordered hot coffee. Oh, well, you didn't tell me it was that hot, did you? Look, I'm burnt. I'm now traumatised. I want money. Give me a million dollars. And so they, they, they spend most of their time in and out of courts. A bit like this country at the moment. The difference being over here. We're putting people in for looting. And, and I, I've spoken to uh, a number of people over the weekend. And everybody thinks exactly the same. Far from taking the streets from us, we've got them back. You know, all is quiet. Somebody was saying, do you think there's going to be more riots? I said, well, they'd have to be incredibly thick if they do start rioting again because the police are wasting no time in in going around and arresting people. And the good news is, as I said yesterday, that the mums and the dads and the relatives and the friends of these people who've stolen have been calling crime stoppers. And they've been shopping people. You know, because your next-door neighbour, they don't have to be involved with you. You go, I know who you are. You're my next-door neighbour. And they're phoning crime stoppers and saying, you know that person who's in the paper on The Sun on page seven? He lives next door to me. I can tell you his name is, or her name is. And, uh, and the police then go around. These people go, mm, how did they find out? How did they know? The next-door neighbour tells them. And we've had no end of mums in the paper over the weekend who've said, I had to shop my son stroke my daughter because I didn't bring them up like that. And I thought, now those are the real stars. Those are the real stars. There's a shoplifting mum here called Dawn Marsden. Dawn puts away how many pints of lager in a single day? 28 pints a day. She does so. Dawn Marsden puts away so much she should be dead. Uh, She'll drink up to 16 litres in a day. How's this woman walking? She, She was wrecked as she appeared on theft charges and had to ask reporters later what the sentence was. She's jobless, spends all day drinking cheap lager at her home in Hartlepool and steals to fund her habit. 
I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, if she's that drunk, how does she steal? How does she know where she's going? She apparently uh, has sort of... She's been up on theft charges no end of times, and uh, and they, they've now kind of lost their, their temper with her. They, they say here she's the equivalent of an Olympic athlete. I don't think it was possible to drink that much without actually killing yourself. You find kids who go out and they drink... You know, for a drinking competition, half a bottle of vodka, and the next thing they found flat on their back, dead. And, and this woman can drink 28 pints. Well, I had a producer once, and he was an alcoholic. And he used to put away, I would think, probably about 12 pints a day. 12 pints a day on an average. That was what I saw him drinking. And then he would drink throughout the programme... Uh, admittedly, it was an evening programme. He couldn't have done it if he was doing breakfast, but it was an evening programme. And he would drink as well. He, he would go to the pub next door, and then uh, after it was difficult to actually walk round there, he would uh, he would bring in cans of lager, and he'd sit there pouring out cans of lager and drinking it throughout the programme. I have to tell you, having worked with an alcoholic, it was better that he was drunk than when he was sober, because when he was sober, he didn't have the faintest idea what was going on. When he was drunk, he appeared compus mentis to me. Um... Also in the paper today, you, you'll be horrified by the pictures and the way that they do things. But uh, this is the man, this is uh, Anders Brevik, who killed all these teenagers. He's pictured, they, they've taken him back to the site of his atrocity and he's retraced his steps. They, they took him on the ferry over there and he, he showed them exactly where he was standing by demonstrating holding his rifle and who he was shooting at. And he can remember everything very clearly. And he said, even the ones who tried to swim to sea, he said, I got them as well. It's, it's, he's quite a cold-blooded killer. He was over there with the, uh, the police, shadowed by a dozen police officers. He was made to wear a bulletproof vest to guard against revenge attacks. And um, he, he, he was videoed while he was doing it. How I actually did it. And you think, they're a very cool, calm and collected people, are they not? When they can do this, whereas the gut reaction is, why not just take him out and hang him? You know, I don't think you can ever... I, don't, I mean, I don't think anybody could ever forgive for that many killings, that many shootings of innocent people who had no idea what was going on. I mean, that's the only thing you can hope, is that, is that the, the end was mercifully quick for some of them. But then he went around and shot again. And some people actually got away with that. Some people actually got away with that, which was phenomenal. Um, one of the, uh, the looters, according to the front page of The Sun today, a teenager... Uh, he was uh, accused of looting a mobile phone shop, was on bail over a gang murder at the time. And, uh, and his brother's in the paper saying, no, he's actually a good boy. He's a really good boy. Obviously not. There's so little in that. I was so disappointed by that. Front. The, the, the front covers... The, no, take it. The, the front covers the best bit. It's got a dreadful picture of um, Gavin Henson. Oh, Who's that? Who's Brian that? Dowling. Oh, dear. Brian Dowling's part of the... Um, the Daily Express's campaign to clean up the streets. Oh, that'll do it. So that's fine, isn't it? Yeah, Him and Richard it. and Judy. We couldn't, we couldn't pick a better team. Oh, the dream team. <laughs> the dream team, Richard and Judy and Brian Dowling. Yeah. And out he comes. That's all he has come out some years ago. And, um, and, and he's out there because they were obviously desperate to try and boost him up because they've got Celebrity Big Brother starting very shortly. And you've got David Hasselhoff's ex-wife, who's called somebody... No, no not actually David Hasselhoff. They, they, they could... Only get the ex-wife. And the reason they've actually put her in there is they say they're hoping that she'll spill the beans on life with the Hoff. What? Life with a drunk? What can be exciting about that? Who is remotely interested? Dear, great shame, that one, isn't it? But anyway, she, she's out there and I'm sure she'll be absolutely marvellous. These are the headlines. David Cameron is going to confront the slow-motion moral collapse behind the rioting today. 
The Prime Minister is going to use the riots to renew his personal crusade to fix Britain's broken society. It comes as the number of people arrested over last week's riots across London has now reached 1,554. Among them, a 16-year-old boy being questioned over the murder of a man attacked as he tried to put out a fire in Ealing and a 24-year-old man by detectives investigating a man shot dead in Croydon. Finally, house prices have fallen for the second month running. They're now lower than a year ago across England and Wales, with the average in August just over £200,000. Check on the roads for you this morning. Let's get you there in one place. Oh, it's nice to have her back. Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Well, yes, after a few roads... Rem- morning, everybody. I've just looked at a lovely advert at the toast for cheese on toast. It looks delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you see these uh, these sort of adverts and it's, it's food at this time of the morning, your little tummy starts gurgling. You look at it and think, do you know, cheese on toast at this time would go down a treat. Golden, bubbling and, oh, just wonderful. Uh, bad news for you this morning if you're following uh, celebrities or, sorry, Z-list celebrities. Chloe Maidley, do you remember Chloe? Uh, daughter of, uh, of Richard and Judy, big telly favourites, 1,300 years ago. And uh, anyway, she's split up with Sam Atwater. Because uh, you remember that, um, that, that Chloe, such a bright girl, uh, went out and uh, she did the dancing and then fell in love with him. Because obviously she was thinking, mm, publicity. And then so she left mummy and daddy's home and they moved in together. And uh, they've lasted about three months. And uh, anyway, so now it's finished and so she's moved back in with mummy and daddy again. So... Uh, that's all very sad, isn't it, really? For those of you following the, the career of Chloe Maidley. Oh, that was it, I'm afraid. There's no more, no more to tell you on that. Uh, more on the, the rioting. And uh, David Cameron has said, let's make the gang's life hell. Uh, to be honest with you, um, I'm, I, I, I really don't know what the answer is. I don't think talking, certainly not throwing any money at everything is the answer. I'm, I'm just pleased that they're going round and they're arresting people left, right and centre. That I'm very happy with. There's another girl they need your help in identifying some people. Uh, there's one in Hackney who's throwing rocks, rocks at the police. And uh, they need help identifying him. There's a girl looter here. I mean, these people must be incredible. They must be so moronic and thick because there are CCTV, CCTV cameras everywhere. We ourselves have done programmes on LBC. If you drive in... On the M4 motorway. By the time you get to the centre of London, you will have been spotted by something in the region of 70 CCTV cameras. And you think that, you know, covering your face is going to be the answer. It isn't. This girl here is running off with pairs of shoes. They're going to find you, dipstick. They're going to put you in prison because you're stupid and moronic. And they've got some other people to identify. Uh, All of these people have put your lives at risk. I don't care... You know, what anybody says about it. If you're caught walking out of a shop with uh, with booze and shoes, you're going to prison. OK, simple as that. You know, none of this, oh, what about my exams? You've kind of blown that chance. Let's take away your benefits if you're on benefit, because actually that's the only way to get people working. All the papers are full today about the Somalian family who were in a £2 million house. They were in a house in Coventry. Uh, he claimed asylum three years ago. They have eight children... Eight children. I mean, good Lord, I mean, they must be taking them in from the neighbours. And they were in Coventry, and the landlord up there, up there said, well, they, they, they ruined the house when they moved out. They didn't pay the last month's rent. He said they're claiming every benefit that's known to man. And that's the trouble in this country. We just hand money out. I don't think it solves any problem. Because they're asylum seekers, they can't work. So they're in a £2 million house in Hampstead. Uh, the reason they wanted to live in London is so they could be near their friends. It's just people taking the mickey out of us, isn't it, really? And the house costs £8,000 a month. You know, it makes Prince Andrew seem positively cheap. 
the way that he actually costs us. But there, the papers say, and I tell you, I've got to offer this advice. I, I don't like to say this on the programme because he has he has an agent, but I think that Jonathan Shallot needs to advise Mark Wright from the Only Ways Essex to choose his friends a little bit more carefully because he's still hanging around with Jack Tweed, a convicted thug and not a very pleasant person, in prison twice now, once for trying to throttle a taxi driver. Mark, if, if we could offer advice to you, and I'm sure you're not the most intelligent person we've ever spoken to on the programme before, you need to get rid of thuggish friends, OK? Anyway, he was out the other day in the back of a car, doing all the sticking two fingers up and all that kind of malarkey. Anyway, it turns out the driver had been drink driving, so they got pulled over by the police. This is not the best publicity. We know you don't have any talent. We know that at, at the heart of it, you're just another thick bloke, you know, who's been on the television a couple of times and has started believing the publicity. So my advice would be, if I was your agent, ditch your friends. Start, start being with the right people. Uh, also, I got, um, I got quite fed up the other day. In fact, uh, I... I it turned out that I was in the wrong. Well, I wasn't actually, but Ollie, who was doing the newspapers for the other day, thought I was wrong. Because there was a piece in the paper about, uh, about Gail Porter. They call her troubled Gail Porter. And she was talking about her illness and how she'd been sectioned. And I said, to be honest with you, these people who live their lives in the papers, how do they cope in the real world? Everything is like terribly traumatic. It's just terribly... And you think, all they're doing... And he said, but that's good for people who've had mental illness... You know, to see... I said, but that's only her mental illness. That's nobody else's. You know, and when they go to the papers and start... It turns out she hated being in there. She said they didn't do anything for me at all. She said uh, there were two people in there who thought they were Jesus. Well, we know that, dear. You know, it's it's the old joke from years ago when somebody goes into a home and uh, and they're talking to their friend and they say... They said, oh, oh God told me so-and-so. And a voice in the corner says, no, I didn't. She said somebody was talking to the system, you know, in the toilets. Well, I often talk to the system in the toilet. I think this is quite normal. I don't think I'm balmy mad. But anyway, she said I didn't like it in there. She said I felt like I was in the film One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And so she said I didn't actually, you know, do anything. She said I had to go to Thailand to get better treatment than I received in my hospital ten minutes from my house. And then you think, why don't you just... Try and deal with your life. So many people now cannot deal with things by themselves. I mean, where are her friends? Why are they not? I remember years ago, I told you this before, that a friend of mine did a TV show with her and she spent most of her time offset, curled up on a chair with a thumb in her mouth. And then she was projected onto the side of, I think, the House of Commons. And then they sort of went, she's an absolute babe. I never quite saw it with Gail Porter. I really didn't. It was a lovely picture of Chloe Maidley. She was looking forward to... Because now she's single again. And, uh, and, and Sam has finished. And so it's... Judy Finnegan, 63. Good Lord. Anyway, the model and presenter said it's very sad, but it's... Um, model and presenter? Model for what, dear? What have you been a model for? And, and presenter? For, for what? You've had a couple of little guest slots and you were chronically bad. I'll tell you what I did see the other day. This Is it Celebrity Juice? With Keith Lemon and Holly Willabooby and a few other people. It's terribly rude. But at the very end of it the other day, they managed to get uh, Dermot O'Dreary and Ollie Murs and Rufus Hound, bore of the First Order, and Keith Lemon, all with their clothes off. Because the, the deal, what, the girls in the audience were going crackers for it until you realise that poor old Dermot O'Dreary's body is really not the best in the world. Not the, mind you, Keith Lemons is just a funny body. And, uh, and Ollie, Ollie Murs... 
sort of can't wait to get his kit off for some reason. I don't know why. He said, he said, if we lose, I'll take my clothes off. I'm thinking, oh, dear. How tacky. But we all sat there and watched it. And uh, Maria was out on the town. Maria Fowler. No, it doesn't mean anything to us around here. Apparently, she's another one from The Only Way is Essex. I'm ever so sorry, Maria. We don't know who you are, love. I'm so sorry. I know it's very sweet that somebody wrote your name on a balloon. Happy birthday, Maria. But we don't know who you are. Oh, she's an ex-page three girl. She turns 25 today. I thought you were a bit older than that. Anyway, luckily, when she went out to a birthday party, one of her boobs fell out. Oh, oh, bliss, oh, joy. Makes you feel so much better about life, doesn't it? Especially when we discover that a woman in America has set a bit of a trend going because she's had uh, boob augmentation at 83. And she's not the only one. They've discovered more than 20,000 pensioners have had their boobs altered. LBC 97.3. Well, you're very nice to be company. 28 minutes to six is the time. Very strange, actually. Because I'm, I'm, I don't know who hosts the OK TV uh, thing. The girl there. I, I, the, the fellow's the Welsh bloke who tells you every five seconds he's Welsh. You know, deep embarrassment to everybody. And the girl, I think, used to be on The Apprentice. But she must have been dropped because uh, Jenny Frost has landed the job hosting Channel 5's OK TV. From today, she will co-present the hit show alongside... Oh, God, Jeff Brazier. Oh, there's switch-off television, I'm afraid. That, I mean, he really is dullard. He really is... He just looks a bit odd. He looks a little bit like that bloke who's married to Charlotte, Gavin Henson, who's got sort of the body but a very odd face. He's, he's just, he looks, and he's, they, they, they've tried to sort of make him act a little bit for this programme he's doing on Channel 5 called The Bachelor. Perhaps they're just going for people with odd faces recently. Perhaps it's a new trend. And they've got him on there trying to look as though he's sort of butch and everything else. And they assume that because he's a rugby player, he's butch. Well, there's more gay rugby players, ladies and gentlemen, than you could ever shake a stick at. We've had no end of them coming out. But you, you sort of think, you don't, you know, just because you play rugby, it doesn't mean you're butch. It just means you like the company of other men and, uh, and drinking and sitting in a bath together. Far bit from me to say it's a little bit of a, a Nancy boys game. But there you go. Go on, Sue, over that one. Go on, go for it. And so, so they've got Gavin Henson, who apparently is training to... And he's, he's, but he's so lame as, as The Bachelor with 25 girls after him, as I prefer to call it, 25 desperados. You know, the sort of people who get... Would you like to go on a television programme? Yeah. And you can have to pretend you fancy Gavin Henson. Yeah, OK, that's all right. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Uh, it, it, it pays money. Yeah, I'll do that. You want to do it? Sh- Cheryl, you want to do that? Yeah, Cheryl will do it as well. My mate and Sharon will do it as well and Tracy and everybody else. Yeah, Gavin who? Henson. Went out with Charlotte Church. Oh, yeah, we like him. We like him. Don't... Oh, no, he was on Strictly Come Dancing. It was boring, wasn't it? I remember he didn't have anything to say. Although they do ask him in the Express today, what, 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 uh, what was your best moment about Strictly Come Dancing? And he said, uh, he said the after-show parties in the bar with all the celebrities. I thought, yeah, I bet they avoided you like the plague. Uh, Noreen says, enjoyed that remembers me. When Chris Tarrant said how sometimes people don't know the answers on Millionaire. I remember once, I didn't know the £100 question. <laughs> it was to do with children's television, and I hadn't a clue. I watch people struggle. But you've obviously got to be a certain age, though, haven't you, to remember some of these things. And what seems patently obvious and glaringly throwing itself out the screen at you, to the people sitting there, they go, I think I'll phone a friend. We thought Chris was very good, actually. Very, very good. And, uh, and Alistair as well. So you've got to podcast them. Go to the LBC website and podcast. Also, if you go to the LBC website, have a look at those great pictures of, uh, of angels, the theatrical costumier. It's, it's, it's a veritable treat. It's a cornucopia. It's fabulous. He said, on eggheads, are Daphne and CJ still as, as, as objectionable? Daphne is. I'm sorry, Daphne is. She's so... 
she's so... I can't quite put my finger on it, because I don't know the word. She's she, she's not objectionable, she's just irritating. She's a bit... Because she knows the answer to everything. And, and you see us and you think, shut up! Shut up! Just because you know everything and not everybody else does. It's like they've asked Jedward in the, in the paper today about sex. S-E-X. And apparently Jedward... John and Edward don't do S-E... I mean, to be honest with you, I'm quite grateful that they don't, because we don't want to know about that kind of thing, do we? It's not nice at any level. We don't want to know about two 18-year-old boys who are... Because they were... That's Sam's, I think. It looks as though he's about to go sailing, doesn't it? Well, I'm assuming it's Sam's. I don't think it's Christo's. It would No, that is true, actually. Sam's a little bit thinner. Not much. And um, so so Daphne and C- CJ sort of... He, he just looks... I tell you the other irritating... Uh, there's a bloke on there who's very irritating as well, and he wears glasses. I can't remember what his name is. I like the bloke who was the train driver, I think one mastermind. Daphne's very irritating. And then you've got uh, the woman who won million pounds on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And uh, I quite like her. They're, they're a good old oddball mixture, the whole lot. But I, I, we have these other people coming. I think, oh, please win, please win, just to make it a little bit better. And as usual, Daphne will pluck it out the back. I, I think that, that the answer to, to... She's a little bit like that. She's a little... <laughs> something about... She must be the most irritating person in her pub quizzes. But the programme I still watch occasionally. Still watch occasionally. Um, Steve... What's the point of evicting people? We're legally obliged to house them, so they just move to another borough and they're forced to find them a council place. Yes, this was the going back to uh, what the local council have said, that uh, if they find people who have been convicted uh, of looting, they will have them evicted from their council house. Then I heard somebody from Wandsworth Council say the other day that actually they can't really do that. They've got to go to court and a judge has got to approve they can be evicted. And to be honest with you, we didn't think that evicting somebody was any use whatsoever. So in other words, you kick them out on the street and and then they make themselves homeless. So you've got to home, home them. And it's, I didn't think that. I do think taking away people's benefits is absolutely the right way to get them back working. I think we hand out far too much money in benefits to people who don't deserve it. Many people are crooks and benefit fraudsters. We know that because they've, they've just done the disability test and I think 80-something percent of people are fit for work, but they're happily taking benefits. And as the guy speaking to Christo said, he said, giving people money doesn't solve the problem. He said it's a never-ending. I think in Philadelphia they had a huge problem with, uh, I think he was saying, because the mayor of Philadelphia is black and he's just made this big speech to the young black men of Philadelphia saying, listen, this has got to stop. You are embarrassing us as a race, you're making yourselves look stupid because what they're doing, he said, it's this, it's the unemployed. He said, they father children. They don't have any responsibilities for the child. He said, so they leave the mother and then they just go back on the benefits, hanging around on the street corners. Then they go and have more children. So you end up with all these children everywhere. And he said, it's got to stop. He's made this impassioned speech. If it had come from anybody else, you know, there'd been all sorts of calls. But because he's black and he's preaching to black youth in Philadelphia, he said, listen, you either put up, shut up or ship out. It's just, they're, they're, they've had enough of it. And I, and I think that it was quite a brave speech. Quite a brave speech. Uh, Steve, a big hello to all the police officers going home and starting their 12-hour shifts, not knowing when we have our next day off. Think of the overtime money, though. Think of the overtime. And think how much you've gone up in everybody's estimation. Think how much everybody now appreciates the police. Even people before who didn't appreciate the police can now appreciate exactly what they've done. And the, and the fire brigade and... 
the nurses and the doctors and the ambulance men and all those people who've been out there to pick up the pieces because of the mindless, moronic thickos out there who think they're going to destroy our country. I'm here to tell you, you're not. You're not. We're very proud. We'll, we'll stand up and fight for it if necessary. I've just watched this, this great film, and it's part of the Ealing films that they've remastered, and it's called Went the Day Well. And I don't remember it, but I'm going to go and find this village where it was filmed in, because it looks quintessentially a little English village. It just looks wonderful. And it's the story of this little village uh, in about the 1940s. And they're happily going about their business, the little village shop, the little village Bobby, the squire. And they get invaded by what they think is, uh, is a troop of British soldiers. Unfortunately, they turn out to be Germans. And uh, they're all there. And it turns out that the squire in the village is, is a German agent as well. But they all speak terribly good English. It's all terribly British and like this. But in fact, they are Germans. And it's the story of how the village find out because the Germans react in a slightly different way. One of the German uh, soldiers, who is pretending to be British, at some point grabs this young boy round his throat and says, don't touch that there. And this woman says to him, don't, don't touch him like that. You're acting like a Jerry, she says. And so then his commanding officer, who's also a German, looks at him and goes, yes, I shall discipline him later. And you think that... But anyway, it, it has some repercussions because various people get killed in the village as the Germans start retaliating because what they want to do is they want to jam the radio signals. And I had to find out where this village is that it's filmed. It's in Buckinghamshire, quite near Henley. And it, I, I just wonder, if you go back there, I wonder if it's changed since they filmed, because they, fi they filmed, I think, some Murder, She Wrotes and a Poirot and all sorts of... It's obviously one of these little villages that time has forgotten. And that's why I say we, we fight for things like that. We absolutely, we've been doing it for donkey's years. I'm not going to be put off by a few m morons setting fire to places. It's not going to put me down. It's not going to stop people coming into work. It's not going to stop anything. We're going to get every single one of you. As I said at the end of the programme last week, today is the day you get the on your front door, and we're going to drag you out screaming, if necessary, and we're going to put you in court, and we're going to get you fast-tracked as quick as possible. Dean says, it might be the trouble only happening in cities, but every town, village in every part of England is filled with no-good-for-nothing hooded teenagers. They all expect uh, respect, but they don't show any respect and generally are just rude, mostly because they mirror their parents or simply their parents just don't care. Yes, it, it's, I mean, it's, it, it's not going to put us down. It isn't. All the papers are saying today, and they put loads of pictures of all the hoodies in there. If I see a, a person wearing a hoodie, I generally go, girly boy, because generally they are a little bit limited intelligence. They can't help it. And, uh, you know, it, it always serves me quite... I feel so much better saying that, because there's no excuse for wearing hoods in the middle of summer. You just look like a complete plank, I'm afraid. It's ridiculous. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, quickly, let's see what else is in the uh, paper. This, 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 this cold-blooded killer who killed 69 people. As the, the papers have said today, he's showing no remorse, no emotion, nothing. He is calmly showing them exactly how he did it, where he, where he shot everybody. And uh, he, just, he just doesn't care. There's the mum of a looter saying, don't evict me and my eight-year-old. In the other paper, she's claiming her son was beaten up by the police. Uh, then they found the man who set fire to that furniture store in Croydon. Uh, we think we've got... I mean, people are being shot left, right and centre because I think friends and family and people who go to college and school with these people have decided they, they don't want to be associated. And because you can do it anonymously through Crime Stoppers, 
then that's the best way. They're not interested in your phone number. They don't want to know anything about you at all. All they want to know is, do you know this person? Yes. Who are they? They're called... And the police then act on it. That's why it was so funny. The Daily Star on Sunday had a picture of these hoodies, thinking they weren't identified, yet they let a photographer in from Fleet Street. I mean, how thick are they? Showing all their booty. And they were going, it's at a secret location, and we've got stuff at another location. And they showed the photographer where it was, so he could photograph them standing behind it. He went straight to the police. You don't think, do you, dumbos, that he's going to take a picture and then go, oh, that's okay, you can steal as much as you like. I think that's what the police did originally. They went, yes, you want to break into that shop, steal it. And I think the word went out, you can go and steal, and they won't do anything. Of course they don't. Because we're coming to get you now. And that's why by the end of this week, 3,000 people. 3,000 people. We're going to have every one of you. Every single one of you. And every single one of you will pay for it, whether you like it or not. Buckingham Palace still adding to the uh, mystery. Uh, Prince Andrew kissing this young woman. A little bit embarrassing, isn't it, for poor Sarah Ferguson? Because Prince Andrew is her knight on a, on a white charger. Remember last week she was saying, you know, he is, he, he, Andrew's my rock. Because she apparently has a, a room with him at his uh, grace and favour property over here. And she's sort of saying that he's my rock. Unfortunately, Randy Andy, as he was nicknamed years ago, can't keep his hands off the young ladies, and so he's out there. And Sarah Ferguson, if you remember, had an absolute monster of a queenie fit on an Australian news programme this week. It wasn't... I mean, to be honest with you, we talked about this the other day, and a number of you actually felt sorry for Sarah Ferguson. (laughs) I, for one, have no, no feelings of sorrow for Sarah Ferguson. I think she's her own worst enemy. I think she's uh, an emotional cripple at the best of times. It's all poor little me, poor little me. And this is supposed to be a grown-up woman. But there again, when I saw her in It's a Royal Knockout, I thought then she was showing signs of childishness. And when she took up with, with Prince Andrew, apparently the reason that they got on so well together is they both told jokes about breaking wind, which is the kind of thing that little children do. It's not, you know, they do it on the telly, like that. And apparently it's terribly funny on children's BBC which gives you a rough idea how low that has sunk over the years. Uh, does Chris Tarrant still host Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Of course. Of course. Uh, another one here. Dee says, had someone trying to break in the front door, was uh, embarrassed ringing the police with all the riots, but they were really fantastic. Came in a couple of hours and even checked for prints. I was very grateful, so a big thank you to them. Yes, well, as long as you're all right. That's all we worry about now is whether people are all right. Listen, the police do a fantastic job. And I think when we heard about those six policemen the other day who faced a mob of about 50 people, I wouldn't want to stand there. I wouldn't want to stand there. And for the money they get, no amount of money would get me standing there on the street. Although, to be quite honest, I do quite fancy the uniform. You know, the talking brooch and the, the cuffs and the, the everything. Oh, God, you look like Robocop out there. In fact, some of them did yesterday, and a friend of mine said they're armed as well. I went, lovely. 14 to 6. <laughs> These are the headlines you're waking up to. The Metropolitan Police say they've now arrested 1,554 people and charged 892 in connection with the riots in London. Among them, a 33-year-old man charged with starting the fire that destroyed the Reeves Furniture Store in Croydon. Meanwhile, Ed Miliband will again call for an inquiry into this week's rioting today and accuse David Cameron of being scared of looking into the causes of social breakdown. The Labour leader will accuse ministers of finger-pointing in the row between the government and police chiefs. And six people are dead, including three young children, after a knife attack on Jersey. The incident spilled from a flat and into the street in an area of St Helier. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. 
Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Welcome along. It's LBC 97.3. Uh, surely, rather than giving benefits to all these single mothers, we should take the wages automatically from the absent fathers, says Gary. It would be nice if they were working. Unfortunately, most of them aren't working. And there lies the, uh, the problem. Uh, David is a black cab driver. He says, the reason I'm emailing you is I wish to ask you a question. Hoping my memory serves me right. You can play a great little tune on the ukulele. Starts with a single note that moves on to a gig. My son has just got a ukulele. Well, actually, it was a banjo we had. And uh, the tune is Dueling Banjos. It's from the film Deliverance. Blung, 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 blung. Blung, 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 blung. <laughs> so it builds up. And, uh, and I played it on LBC with Alan Dodgen. So it's Dueling Banjos. And it's from the film Deliverance. It's very good. I mean, my, my version sounds almost identical to the one that's on iTunes. It's, it's uncanny how, how good I turned out to be. And those who came to Croydon to see the live show uh, will bear witness to the fact that I did walk on stage with it. But sadly, we had no time for me to actually play the tune. And I was so desperate to do it. Uh, one from John Miller. He says it has to stop, but it won't. My dilemma began months ago. We would normally sleep until 630 but I was getting disturbed long before 6am by my nearest and dearest who was listening to the radio to a presenter called Steve Allen. She became and still is obsessed with his morning radio programme. This meant I couldn't sleep until my usual time of 6.30, so I threw down the gauntlet, told her to switch off Steve Allen. I lost the challenge, and so I'm now sleeping in the spare room. Imagine a radio presenter causing such an awkward relationship between two people. OK, I have to accept her statement that he's good, very good, but I do want to sleep to sometime after 6am. Anyway, she continues to cuddle up to Steve Allen whilst I'm in the spare room. P.S. I have reminded her that she often drove my Bentley Continental and it had one of the early car phones, but it made no difference to the situation. I can well understand, John, just how embarrassing it must be for you. I'm constantly bumping into people who say you're the third person in our relationship, which I say I'm having nothing to do with it. Don't name me in court papers. Thank you very much indeed. And then I did meet a couple of people yesterday, and uh, this particular young gentleman said, uh, he said, the reason everybody listens, he said, is because you're echoing exactly what everybody's thinking. I know, it's uncanny, isn't it? It's almost uncanny. And uh, we were talking about the gladiators in Rome after news came through that uh, they'd arrested many of them because they were, they were corrupt. And I told you the story of how when we went to Rome, one of them had been extremely rude to my... Uh, goddaughter, who was then, I think, about 12, and swore at her. I then, of course, swore back, which didn't help, because if you want to take your picture with a gladiator, they charge you about 8 to 10 euros. And it's become big business, so, of course, corruption has moved in, and there's lots of other people there, so the police rounded up 20 of them the other day and, uh, and arrested them. But strangely enough, uh, Junius says, yesterday you mentioned the gladiators at the Colosseum, and they wanted a tenor to take a picture. Well, that pales compared to Barcelona. The Las Ramblas... I think that's how you pronounce it, is it? Las Ramblas? Yeah. Yes, yes, it's OK. Thank you. See? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think what else she said. Hola. Yeah. <laughs> the longest street in Barcelona has a living statue every three yards. It was so realistic, I thought they were statues. And my girlfriend at the time tried to take a picture. The statue burst into life, frightening the out of us both and demanding 15 euros. I told him to go home. That old one. That was ten years ago, but I was there last year and it's still the same. I just took a seat and watched unsuspecting tourists... Get fleeced. Hey, Robert, very much indeed. Yes, it's, it's, it's happening in London, the ghastly statues. I'm sorry, absolutely awful. People who stand there, I mean, you know, what, what, I'm sorry, what do you do? I stand very still. For what? Um, for money. That, 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 that's what you do. You, 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 we gave you an education and you stand very still. Yes. 
Dressed as what? Well, I've got a Mac that I've sprayed with brown paint and I cover myself with brown and I'm a living statue. You're a bloody waste of space. What are you doing here? We stand in Covent Garden. We make about £200 a day just for standing still. It's great. Sometimes you can close your eyes and go to sleep. And they've got all sorts of ones. They've got a, a rather scary gladiator in Covent Garden who paints himself silver. I mean, it must be a misspent youth, mustn't it? I hope the taxman's investigating these people. There's another bloke who hides under a table and pretends to be a dog for a box on the top. There's another... The, my funniest one... The funniest one was, was a little one in, um, in Kingston... And he's he's obviously inside this suit, which is done up as a keyboard with a little figure like a puppet. And he's operated from the back. So when you look from the front, it's a little puppet playing this sort of manic keyboard. And every so often he keeps turning round. And it, it looks it's terribly, terribly funny. But the novelty wears off after about five seconds. You know, once you've watched it a couple of times, you get, oh, yeah, there's a bloke inside there. Kids like it. and They come up and try and touch the, the puppet and things like that. But the ones in, in Covent Garden are really getting on my nerves. They really, they're all over the blooming continent now. I wish they'd go back there. It's ghastly. They're down on the river. Now we've got the ghastly third-rate circus acts appearing down in Trafalgar Square, attracting crowds of people. Have you never seen people on a unicycle before? Have you never seen people juggling? Go, oh, blimey, go get a video out, for God's sake. Do yourselves a favour. Because people start, mainly tourists, the British people go, oh, it's another juggler, isn't it? They must have wandered over the road from Covent Garden. Um, uh, Jan says, a few thoughts about the bike race organisation, especially around Twickenham. The London 2012 map is rubbish. The list of road closures is useless unless you have an encyclopaedic knowledge of road names. I know you do. Why not put them on a map? One of the cycling websites has a brilliant route map, which I found yesterday when looking to warn my guests coming to Sunday dinner, but Sod's Law dictates that I can't find it now. Perhaps it sort of goes Surrey stroke cycling, but that one's crashed this morning, presumably because so many desperate souls are trying to navigate around the race. Thank goodness we're having dinner in the evening. I got back okay. I was, I was, uh, I was okay getting back in the evening. I, f- I felt quite good about it. Although Peter says many callers to LBC yesterday afternoon were caught up in the road closures, said they knew nothing at all beforehand. This included residents and business people close to the course. Yet it had received wide media coverage. Street signs were put up and direct mail was sent. Sent. It seems some people you cannot help. Apart from the circle line, almost the whole tube was working. I was marshal in Surrey and had a great day. Looking forward to 28, 29 July next year. Men and women's road races. Oh, I thought it was OK. I thought it went fine. I thought there was loads of coverage. But you're right, some people quite clearly didn't either see the signs or read the signs. They really didn't. And you, and you, I, I mean, I must have passed pff, 100 just around our area on every single lamppost. Do not park your car. We will come and remove it. And, and still people were there, so cars were removed. And then they complain afterwards, don't they? They sort of go, ooh, it's dreadful, isn't it, really? Absolutely dreadful. Nobody told us about it. You go, well, the signs have been up there. You feel say, what, what, can you read? What is this big yellow sign that you've not understood? Uh, Lawn says she is no more in control of her kids than you are of your diabetes. It's all a disaster. The only way through, which is to regard it as a learning experience all round, we're dealing with a social underclass which has completely lost its life skills, and the only way back is to re-educate it and figure out what went wrong. We need to learn some charity. I don't think that's the answer at all. We're not dealing with a social underclass. They never had any life skills. I think from the moment they actually got themselves pregnant, they kind of lost all sense of reality because these people do not look after children. I've, I've watched them on the television. We have television programmes devoted to people who cannot control little children. That's why we have three, count them, three different nanny-based programmes for parents who go, I despair. We have to call in Nanny Fowler or Nanny McPhee or whoever it happens to be. And then and they come round with a, te- with a film crew to film kids who are so disgustingly badly behaved because their parents have no idea 
how to teach them. They have no... I've watched children throwing things, screaming... I mean, you've never seen anything like it. And now we put them on television, and all we do is sit there and go, thank God they're not our children. Thank God. It's like going to a restaurant, and you see children running around. And you you look at the parents, you think, excuse me, can you control your child? There was a woman there, and she took her children... Her idea of controlling her children, stupid woman, was to buy them things. They had everything under the sun, every computer game, and still the boys looked miserable. And she sat there and, and she said, right, if, if you're not good, I'm not going to take you out shopping. And so the nanny with her said, have you ever carried out that threat? And she went, no. And you think, well, then you're stupid, aren't you? So every time the kids sit there, they, they, they behave badly. And she goes, if you do that again, I'm not going to take you shopping. But of course, as they're sitting in the shopping centre when she's saying it, and she calls them over and they totally ignore her. And they couldn't have been any more than seven years old. And I get really, really angry. You know, when we go out, and from an early age, we, we, we took the kids out to eat in restaurants, so they know how to sit at the table and eat at a restaurant. It's like sitting at home. Like, you know, when, you're, when you'd eat your food really quickly at home, and you go, and you start to get down, you go, where are you going? I thought I'd go out and play. No, you wait till everybody else has finished. You'd have to sit there, wouldn't you? Staring into the distance, having a bit of a pout on, thinking, I want to go, I want to go, can I go to the toilet? No, wait a minute. We haven't had pudding yet. Oh, I don't want pudding. I want to go and play. I want to go and play in the garden. Because nowadays, and I've heard more parents saying on the television, especially after the, the riots, the kids are bored. We were never bored. As children, we, were, we found so much to do. Just playing in the garden. You know, and when they say go to your bedroom, I didn't look on that as a chore. I thought that was fantastic. God, there were so many things you could do in your bedroom. You could dismantle the radio. You could do anything you like. You know, make the bed, unmake the bed, jump on the bed, do, do whatever you wanted. And nowadays they go, the children are bored. And you think it's, it's rather a, a shame, actually. Mind you, after all these people setting fire to things, and pyrotechnics, I thought, went out ages and ages ago, uh, Jenny and Mitchum says all the people who escalated the mayhem indirectly caused the unnecessary deaths of people trying to stop the situation. Three people they've now arrested for the deaths of those, uh, for those three men who were trying to protect their, their property. And I think they, they've been charged with, with manslaughter, I think so. And one of them, I think, is a 16-year-old boy. I mean, you couldn't make it up, could you? But the full force of the law will come down on them, and that's what we're all waiting to see in this country, just how hard can the law be? To celebrate Minnie's support for... Morning, a very nice heavy company. Welcome to Monday morning. It's LBC 97.3. We're coming to you live from uh, Leicester Square. You've seen horrendous pictures, probably on the uh, television news, of a stage that collapsed in uh, Indiana at the Indiana State Fair. Winds of 60 miles an hour brought down the huge metal structure just before the, uh, the country music band Sugarland were due to perform. 12,000 people there, and this stage just takes off. I mean, it is absolutely unbelievable. But I saw that in Northweald Market a few weeks ago when we were walking around there on the, on the Saturday and a gust of wind lifted one of the stalls up and it was a particularly long stall which had, you know, cigarette papers and all sorts of other things on it and shoes and the whole stall lifted up because the wind got... And it was unbelievable to watch. So when you look at the pictures, of the, it looks like a scene out of a disaster movie. It really does. Absolutely terrible. Uh, coming up with Nick Ferrari this morning... Although the rioters laid low this weekend, arguments have erupted between police and politicians. You can join Nick this morning as he asks, who you feel let us down the most? Nick will also be asking if we need a US super cop, Bill Bratton, to sort out the problem, or whether it's another incident of the government not understanding the problem. And after rioters making the roads impassable last weekend, this weekend we had to put up with 
1,400 roads being affected by the Olympic cycling test event. Were you one of those who got trapped? Can you forgive the chaos as it was just a practice run or was it just a complete failure? I thought they did really well. I mean, we've heard before, earlier on today, from people who've said that they've encountered people who had no idea that this was taking place. They must be blind if they can't read all the notices. They, I mean, they, they, they've been up for ages and ages, and we've talked about it on the programme, about how the roads uh, were going to be closed, and it would inconvenience people. In fact, Adrian, who puts all the, uh, the pictures up on the LBC website, his, his wife is expecting a baby... And they had to get special dispensation because one of their their road was on the cycling route, and they had to get special dispensation. So if she went into labour, they could actually get the car out. Ridiculous, isn't it? When you have to sort of do these things, but it did. I, mean, I suppose safer for the cyclists when you've got 160 cyclists coming through, and they come through at speed, and they came all the way through Richmond. I mean, how they manage it without having accidents, I've got no idea. But they come all the way through. Then they went over Richmond Bridge and down. They went out to Ripley. It's it's a hell of a thing. It's, I mean, I couldn't do it, you know, pootering around, pootling around town on one of Boris's little bikes does not really count for proper cycling. Because when you've got 160 people who all changed into their lycra in the middle of London yesterday, then, then off they went. I mean, for them, this is probably quite normal. And you do get them, especially around our way. We've obviously got some very active cycling clubs. I'm not a huge fan of cyclists, I have to tell you. The, the normal cyclists, I mean, you know, the, 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 the road cyclists, the people who do it professionally or semi-professionally, are fine. But you do get loads of normal cyclists who just jump lights. You know, why there are not more accidents in London, I've got no idea. It's bad enough at the, uh, at the best of times. Uh, George Pascoe Watson, former political editor at The Sun, is looking at the papers for today. Um, there was, this is the picture in the Daily Mail today of the Yob lobbing a brick. He's very easily identifiable. He's the hackney rioter. Uh, then they've got uh, other suspects... Uh, some rioters have turned themselves in as a result of the publicity. Getting a bit scared now, you see, because better you turn yourself in than you get the knock on the door and they drag you out in handcuffs. And uh, there's a, an 18-year-old who broke into a jeweller's store. Wouldn't have handed himself in except his picture appeared in all the national papers. So he went crawling back into the police station, accompanied by his sister, to admit his part in a £6,100 raid. And his sister's covering his face. Lifeguard Thomas Miller... Of whopping a lifeguard, a life—it seems to encompass everybody, isn't it? You know, we had a ballerina, we had sort of a girl whose parents live in a million-pound house. This one, um, Thomas Miller, twenty, appeared in court over the theft of clothing worth seven hundred pounds from a fashion store. A mother of two, Tracy O'Leary, a carer at a school for children with learning difficulties, has been jailed for sixteen weeks because she was thieving designer clothes. What a stupid woman! Last night. Scotland Yard have said a man has been charged with arson over the fire that destroyed the landmark family-owned furniture store. The man who lives near the store will appear before magistrates today, a 33-year-old. He lives near it and decided he was going to set fire to it and just destroyed a whole family's history. It's just appalling. Lots of pictures in the papers of boys of 11 pinned to the ground by policemen with guns. Don't move. Don't move. And then uh, the mother of the alleged looter who faces eviction from her flat now says her son is the victim of police brutality. Daniel Sartain Clark was photographed bleeding outside a branch of Curry's, and uh, he was pictured in handcuffs. Uh, his mother says he's he's a good boy. He goes to church. I don't think that should be the excuse along the way. I'm afraid. You know, if you're a looter, you're a looter. If you're convicted of it, you uh, you you do the time. I'm afraid. She said it was brutal the way that he was treated. I don't know what these mothers think the police should have to do. 
I mean, the, the, the police in this particular instance, and in many others, damned if they do, damned if they don't. People say, where are the police? Police turn up. Then they go, the police were too heavy-handed. And you think, we're in this woolly kind of Lib Dem world, aren't we? Don't do this. Don't smack your children. Otherwise, we're going to take you into court. Don't leave your goldfish by themselves at home and go on holiday. All this kind of stuff. And uh, she says here, my child, he's 18, my child, uh, and Jay Nile, I think this is his girlfriend, were in the wrong place at the wrong time. They were simply being curious. The property was empty and unattended. Maybe Daniel went in there to check that everybody's OK. I'm sure you've made your own... Oh, I love the pictures of uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie shopping in our local Halfords. Very excited. He's staying in Richmond at the moment. I can't tell you where. Close personal friend. And um, and they were out with the kids. They, they took them to see Shrek the other night, but they go into Halfords in the Ivy Bridge estate. I mean, it's not it's not really the kind of person... <coughs> excuse me, the kind of person you expect to see, is it? You walk in and you go, I think I've just seen Brad Pitt. And somebody goes, don't be silly. And you go, exactly. Amanda thinks she'd faint. Oh, like that. We would have to be a kiss of life and everything. Oh, look, Brad, look, look, it's me, me, me. <laughs> swoon, swoon, swoon. The trouble is, I wonder whether you would recognise it. I remember they, they did a dreadful um, Jeremy Beadle programme where they took out, it was a Queen lookalike. And I didn't think she looked like the Queen, this particular one they used. I can't remember who it was, there's, there's, but there's a number of them. Some, some, some look good, some don't look. Because it, it's a particular a particular period of the Queen's life that they looked like that. And they took her out and they, and they, they parked the, 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 the flash car outside a shop and she went in to do some shopping. And, and some people sort of weren't... You could see that they, they were sort of looking, thinking, is it the Queen or is it not the Queen? Is it the Queen? Because most people appear not to know what she looks like. I, I saw Princess Diana a few times sitting in the back of cars. You get this Princess Diana. And I thought that was a bit exciting. Not as exciting as Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, it has to be said, in Isleworth. Of all you know, you expect them in Hollywood. You just don't expect them on the street where you live. Uh, talking of bad imitations of Germans in films, I remember, Steve, only cottoning on after half an hour that John Wayne was playing a German captain of a warship. You mean Sean Connery sound like a master of foreign accents. Yes, Sean, Sean Connery, I think, was playing... Um, I can't remember what the name of the film was, but he was sort of playing it, you know, with a Scottish accent. It was very odd, actually, because I think he was supposed to be a Russian commander. Uh, and John says, statues, talentless, buskers are still good value, though, Steve. Man in full concert tales in Lewis yesterday playing Vivaldi concertos very well. Well worth me two quid. We have one in Kingston who plays the violin. If you actually get closer and listen, you realise that the backing track is the thing that you're listening to and not the screeching that he's coming up with. Quarter past six. <laughs> These are the headlines with Sam Pittis. Police are questioning a 16-year-old boy over... Now. Morning. Nick's with you after the news at seven this morning. Have you noticed how in this country uh, all these summer stuff has vanished out of the stores and now jumpers have started appearing? Hanging baskets are looking a little bit bedraggled. You go in there and you go, um, do you have any... Because her next door's got to go and get a bikini. And, and, of course, it's quite difficult to find them because most people are bringing out the jumpers and the sweater. She said, I don't want to walk on the beach with a parker or something like that. She wants a bikini. But you have to go and look at them and try them on. You can't just sort of buy them you know, ad hoc on the internet. You've got to try it on. And I said, I reminded me a few years ago, I went into a leading chemist to buy a pair of sunglasses. And I said, have you got any sunglasses? And she went, it's winter. I went, and? She said, we only sell sunglasses in the summer. So it was ludicrous. We sell ice cream in the, in the middle of winter. Why not do that? Costco, incidentally, have got their Christmas decorations in now. Little, I know, I know it's only August. But let's face it, Selfridges and Harrods, they've had their Christmas department up and running for a little while. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Tis the season. Oh, it's quite good, isn't it, really? 
I just tried my uh, my solar lights the other day. Very, very good indeed. Um, another one here. I know exactly what you mean, says Steve. When I was on summer holidays, I never had time to get bored. Grew up on a council housing estate. Very little money and only one parent. Dad worked hard. Never seemed to be able to afford any luxuries. But as a child, I thought life was great. <clears throat> Do you know, just going out on your bike was enough. Just going out on your bike. It was, I mean, God, I mean, when we were children, it was fantastic. It's so many things. I mean, I could happily play in the garden and amuse myself with sort of toy cars and, and you'd make different... I used to play circuses. <laughs> I used to play circuses. I had a, an old scarf. I don't know where it came from. But I made a circus tent out of it and I had the Chipperfield circus stuff and, and you just amused yourself. You know, you can imagine if you ever went into your mum and dad and went, I'm bored. And they go, how can you be bored? Do, do some painting, do some drawing. You know, when they're little, they do that. And then sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, they, they seem to get to 11 and they've actually sort of, they, they've just lost the will to entertain themselves or do anything. They said, I blame computer games. I blame computer games and kids sitting there mindlessly staring at a screen, shooting something down. Jill says the programme Young, Dumb, Living Off Mum, I think explains the youth of today lacking in basics. Parents useless. I turned off a minority, maybe, but maddening. Admit it, Steve, you're putting Brad and Angie up in your spare room. I don't want to talk about it, OK? Because the kids we've shoved in the local travel lodge. Um, is it true that Trafalgar Square is a property of the Crown? I've no idea. No idea. Couldn't. A strange question to ask me. I don't know. Do I sound like I own bits of London? I've got no idea. I don't think so. I know that we own Buckingham Palace, but you try getting in there late at night. They won't let you in, I tell you. I own it. I want to see my jewels. They won't let you in. Uh, Hugh says the looters are the lowest of the low. But I don't want to hear from the likes of Hazel Blears pontificating from her high moral pulpit about these low lives. Thank you very much indeed for that. Oh, there's a new record for a home. I looked at it. It appeared in Country Life a short while ago. It's Park Place. It's near Henley in Oxfordshire. Once the home to George II's eldest son has been given a new makeover for its mystery new owner, who turns out to be a Russian oligarch. Another one of these people who's sort of at the age of about 32 manages to make billions out of a country that seems to have so many poor people and so many problems. Amazing how they do it. And, of course, they can't wait to get out of the country as fast as possible. How much has he or she paid for it? £140 million. £140 million. It's now the priciest home. Before that, uh, we had, I think, a flat in London where they're saying at one high part £136 million for a flat. Pfft, must be mad. Must be mad, I'm afraid. But uh, this one here, the grounds are said to be haunted by the ghost of Mary Blandy, who was accused of poisoning. Greek shipping magnate John Latsis is among the estate's previous owners, and it was bought in 2007 for £42 million. Now, that's what I call a nice increase, isn't it? £42 million and we'll spend a few million on it, and it's now £140 million. I bet you anything, the person who's bought it will not actually live there. It'll just be sort of two or three days a year. I was, I was going around London the other day trying to work out how many houses the Sultan of Brunei's got and which ones he's actually been in. And there's one up at Osley he bought. I think it was called the Bird, the Bird Cage or something like that. And, uh, and, and whatever it was, I remember thinking, I think he's only spent like one day in the year there, but it's fully staffed and it's got everything. You think, that, that's, when people have all this money, like the couple who won 161 million, and people are saying, oh, you know, you, you're going to buy some houses, are you? And they're sort of going, well, you can only live in one house, only drive one car. But I did feel a bit miffed that they'd won 161 million. They went out to celebrate the other day and they drank water because they don't drink. I mean, don't you just think 
should you have not done a smaller, a smaller lottery or something like that with a prize of only like 20 quid? And then you could have sort of had, had a bargain bucket of Kentucky and a bottle of water. I just think 161 million, you go out and drink water. I mean, quite clearly. I mean, both of them needed to actually lose a lot of weight. So I don't think... No, they did. They were absolutely enormous. They did. We did say, you know, if ever they're going to lose weight, now will be the time. Now will be the time. Bridget Bardot's made the news today. And the reason she's made the news, you know that she's an animal lover and she likes to save animals. She's trying to save the life of a bull terrier. Uh, this bull terrier has already um, uh, savaged a girl of four and left her disfigured. The people who own the dog have said it should be put down because it savaged somebody else as well. But uh, Bridget Bardot has asked the local mayor to spare the dog after the attack in Boulogne. She said the attack was dreadful, but told the newspaper the dog should be imprisoned for life. We have abolished the death penalty for humans, so why do we apply it to animals? And, uh, of course, all the people are now writing into the paper saying she quite clearly cares more for animals than she does for this little girl's life. And, yes, that was my stomach, because having seen all the programmes on the television for food, I'm kind of thinking about it a lot. A lot. Uh, The Rose family are going on holiday. Scarlett and Liliana are very excited. Daryl hoping the builders are finished by the time we get back. You're joking. They're on holiday too. They've all, they're on holiday. You see, holiday is nice. This is the time people go away and they have a nice, nice time. So anybody going away on your holiday today, good. Philip's got a great idea. Why don't the soldiers on Horse Guards Parade charge to have their photo taken with the tourists? Because the MOD, as you know, is, is in crisis at the moment. They're trying to raise 36 million. So they're selling off some helicopters and some... Uh, some vehicles. They've got quite a few cars and motorbikes and stuff like that. And it will go fairly, fairly cheaply. So I, I think it's a good idea. But I mean, why not have you, you know, if you want your picture taken and you want it taken with this man on this, one of these uh, horse guards, you know, you, you pay for it. You pay for it. Does anybody have an objection with Mary Portis wearing leather trousers? No, I think she looks very good. Janet Street Porter says, to be brutally honest... Any woman over 40 in leather, this tight, looks like a badly packed black pudding. Oh, Janet. It's not very nice, is it? I think Mary Portis knows how to dress. We like Mary Portis a lot, actually. Lack of proper parenting, says uh, Toby. Totally agree with you about children in restaurants. In my day, we had the same training as you. Moreover, we had to speak quietly and have respect for all the senior family members and others in the restaurant. You're absolutely correct. Well, it's just, it's called good manners, isn't it? You go out to eat and it's, it's, it's good manners. Paul says, thank you for reminding me about the film Went the Day Well. It, it was, as you said, not just at Ealing, but on location in Turville in Buckinghamshire, not far from Henley. It's still much as it was. The Vicar of Dibley filmed there too. Another great Ealing film, which Mervyn Johns was also in, was The Halfway House. The one about the long burnt down pub, which reappears when somebody needs help. A bit like Brigadoon. His daughter, Glynis, was also in it. She was, of course, Mrs Banks in Mary Poppins. And he was, of course, Bob Cratchit in Scrooge, the Alistair Sim version. Great in conversation with Chris Tarrant. And loved you in the Father Christmas suit in the Angels photographs. See if you can loan it for this year's Christmas message. You know, to be quite honest, (coughs) I think we are so well in with Angels. I think we could actually take the entire team down there. And they would say, absolutely, you can have any of these outfits and, uh, and you can pose and you can and you sort yourself out for the LBC Christmas Advent Calendar. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Lynn says, wish me and my daughter Julie good luck. She starts her new job today and I start my new job tomorrow. Thank you for being there in the early hours. Well, somebody's got to be. You know, I got the straw and I'm happy with it. Catch up with you on the podcast, but still looking forward to listening to you live on Sundays and in conversazione.
which is fantastic. Don't forget, Nick Ferrari and the team at seven. George Pascoe Watson, former political editor at The Sun, is looking at the papers today. Um, Mr O'Brien is on holiday. I think he's gone to Pontins or something like that. And uh, so, has he really? Is that right? I won't tell you where he's gone, but uh, it's known around here as God's waiting room. It sounds lovely. Uh, I've never been, but it sounds it's a bit like Hastings. Uh, James Max will be sitting in for him this week. Don't forget, Jackie Smith will be sitting in for Mr O'Brien next week on LBC. And uh, we'll have an in-conversation for you on Sunday. It's a very good in-conversation. Mind you, not half as good as the Tarrant last night and, uh, and all the other people we've got lined up for you. We've been very busy over the past few days. You'd never believe it. Well, we have been quite busy. Uh, Darren's with us to tell you where to go. We've all had a few ideas on that, uh, on that score. But uh, as most people are still on holiday and now they're all jetting off, for those of you who aren't jetting off anywhere and you're looking for places to go, here's where you need to start writing things down. Morning. Morning to you. OK, so... Good news if you've got children. It's uh, Kids Week, or to be precise, Kids Three Weeks. This is where the West End takes part in a massive uh, promotion. You book a ticket to go and see a West End show. Your child goes for free, mm. and you can book another two tickets for half price. And it's on now until the 4th of September. So this is a chance to go and see almost every West End show in the West End. For, uh, West End shows in the West End. Every show in the West End very cheaply indeed. Now, the target that came to tea, uh, the 39 Steps, Betty Blue Eyes, Crazy For You, Lion King, Les Miserables, Love Never Dies, Mamma Mia, Phantom of the Opera, Potted Potter. Have you been to see this one yet, Steve? Which one? Potted Potter. Which is what? This is all seven Harry Potter books in 70 minutes. If you can't be bothered to read them... On stage? On stage, yes. What? Somebody's sitting there reading the Harry Potter Uh, books, It's the... uh, Two kids from, uh, or two young adults from CBBC, Dan and Jeff. Oh, right. And it's Dan at the Garrett Theatre. Oh. The Railway Children, Shrek, Wicked, Stomp, Thriller, almost everything. Yeah. So, you tell you what, not taking part. Now, if you want more information, all you do is search Google with for Kids Week website. So, just type in Kids Week. It's on now until, as I say, the 4th of September. But you've got to get in quick, because many of these shows, like uh, the Railway Children, sell out fairly fast. Very quick indeed, yeah. especially with things like The Wizard of Oz and Wicked. Um, even the shows that are only suitable for older children, things like Billy Elliot and uh, Blood Brothers Chicago, they're all taking part as right. well. Million Dollar Quartet, War Horse, We oh, Will Rock You, Jersey Boys, Woman in Black. Good Lord. So, so, just, uh, so every, I mean, is, is nothing excluded? Nothing is excluded, but obviously the tickets do sell out very quickly. But there's also lots of other special events being put on as well, mm. um, workshops and all sorts of stuff. So, Kids Week, do a search in Google. Check it out, then you can, then you can find out. Yes. Excellent. They do it every year, and okay. they're always very popular. Yeah. Sign House, Cinema Under the Stars, takes place uh, this week. Films taking part this year. Pulp Fiction, mm. I know it's only for that one. The Shawshank Redemption. Colin Firth in the King's Speech, if you haven't seen that one. Mm. Chance to go and see it in the open air. And uh, the Meryl Streep, Alec Baldwin rom-com is complicated. They're all taking part. New exhibition down at the British Museum as well has just started. It's called The Cost of Living in Roman and Modern Britain. It's quite interesting, this. The idea of comparing how much it costs to live in, as it says, Roman Britain, mm. and how, it, how much it costs to live today. Now, quite how they work out how much a flat-screen TV costs in Roman Britain and how much it costs now. Mm. 
I do not know. Well, I, I think they actually base it on the <laughs> on the thing that you'd only buy probably three togas a year, and everybody's wearing exactly the same thing. I wish they'd go back to that. It makes it so much easier, wouldn't it's it? Probably, it's probably actually cheaper, the, the things like Primark, by yeah. clothes now than it was in Rome and Britain. Yeah, but we were all wearing the same it. thing. It was sort of a wrap-around sheet, wasn't it? We all had little yeah. laurel leaves on our on our heads. I quite like that idea, actually. Wrap-around sheets, aren't you? Yes. I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, we actually did that when we used to dress up before. See, Amanda's now achieved this this sort of look, and it's taken her but less than a minute to achieve that look. You know, the kind <laughs> of thing you can wear Britain anyway. Look? <laughs> the modern Britain look or the Roman Britain look? Well, the, I think that this could be both. Because let's yeah. face it, you actually go, go to a sauna and wear roughly the same, don't you? Towel round your waist and wander about. Can you please I'm looking forward to the Olympic Games, in. which I believe will be nude this year, <laughs> next year. Um, <laughs> Just now, last shot's going to see 50 years of London. Put you off your breakfast, hasn't it, no. in London? <laughs> yeah, 50 years of London architecture until the 25th of August. It's a photographic survey of London since 1960, and uh, more than 350 large-scale images um, taking place in Maribyrn Road, architectureclub.co.uk for more information on that. Mm-hmm. Enchanted Palace at Kensington Palace. This tells all sorts of stories about some of its most famous um, inhabitants, including Mary, Anne, Caroline, Charlotte, Victoria, Margaret, and of course, Diana. Well worth going and to. I love going around Kensington Palace. And another place that you love going around, the Wilms Music Hall Anthropomorphic Summer Festival. That's mm-hmm. on until the 9th of September. All sorts of events going on down there. Ping pong championships, classical concerts, a bit of magic, transformations, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want more information for that, go to Wilton's Music Hall and uh, they give you a whole list of the, the events taking place. And there. they do guided tours. Yes, that's fabulous. Thank you very much indeed. Pleasure as always. Talk to you next week. Looking forward to it already. As Darren is back with us on Sunday. So do go to Wilton's. I mean, some of the things you must do, you have to go to Angel's website, uh, the theatrical costumier, because the pictures are up on the LBC website. And you have to go and see five and a half million costumes. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, it really is lovely. And they do guided tours around there. And they've got the wig room and they've got the costume. They can make anything. Yeah, I'm thinking about having an outfit made myself, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's just wonderful. We've got some great pictures on the website. So do go and check those out. Also, the one thing that we're all complaining about at the moment, not so much the uh, the, the rioting, which dominated the, the press last week. I think this week we're going to be talking about MPs and the misuse of credit cards. We're going to be talking about petrol again, as the garages try and justify the fact that even though I think crude has not gone up for a while, they're still banging on the money in our way. Every so often, I've often thought, if, if this is the biggest fiddle going, we've got a big shell garage going out of out of town and it's just closed for a refit and you think do you actually need to spend that money doing this refit what's a petrol pump's a petrol pump isn't it we don't really care when we pull into a garage whether they're selling bundles of firewood or anything else but they've literally raised it to the ground and they will put up a new super duper one and then presumably we're going to get ripped off yet again because the petrol at the pumps is just ludicrously expensive there's no justification for it at all and i don't know what the answer is to trying to get petrol down except applauding Tesco's, who have cut 2p. And it's going to be another one of these four-court wars. Because once one of the supermarkets does it, then the rest follow suit in all the other supermarkets, except the garages. And you should really, really vote with your little wheels, and you should go elsewhere. If you think the petrol's too expensive, you pull in, you look at it, you think, no, I'm going somewhere else. And you drive off and go somewhere else. 
be honest with you, we have seen a number of petrol stations close around our way. But uh, now that Tesco have done this, and, uh, and, and I find it absolutely amazing, because I put petrol in the other day, just over half a tank. Was, I had, it was just under the half a tank, and it cost me just under £90. I thought, it can't be 180 to fill the whole thing up, can it? I'm sure it doesn't work. I hope not, anyway. They've also found a magic ingredient that can keep food and wine fresh for years. They've discovered a natural preservative. And they can put it into food. It doesn't hurt you, but it, it means that it will keep for longer. I'm not really sure I want to start eating or drinking wine that's been hanging around for a few years. I know that meat, the meat you sometimes get in the shops, not, not the butcher's shops, but in the supermarket, can be up to two years old. Because it goes into what they call deep freeze. And that means that they can freeze it and keep it much longer. So when they, they take it out, you've got to use it fairly quickly. And I think it actually normally says on the packet. But it's been in this permafrost, I think, which drops the temperature down so much that you can keep meat for two years. Whereas in your freezer, you can probably only keep it maximum three to six months, I think. And you've got to, So that's why people think, oh, don't worry, it's been in the three years, we'll take it out and eat it. Don't. Throw it away. I spend most of the time throwing things away. Uh, texting this morning, quickly. Were you affected by yesterday's road closures across the city for the Olympic preparations for the cycle race? Did it really annoy you? Or did you manage to just go, I'll tell you what, let's forget about it. The roads will be open eventually. I'd love to hear from you on 84850 or LBC 973. Were you affected by yesterday's road closures across the city for the Olympic uh, bike ride? 84850 Steve at lbc.co.uk or lbc973. Because I, I get so, no end of people who said earlier on, oh, you know, we didn't know anything about it. And I said, well, I don't know. In our, around our way, you couldn't move for the signs. Every lamppost, every single lamppost had the, uh, the poster on there saying, if your car is parked here on the 13th and the 14th, it will be removed. And there were a lot of cars that were moved from the... Where they put them, I've got no idea. They just shoved them in side streets, I suppose. So, were you affected by it? I've got to go through it again next year. Do let me know. 84850-steve-at-lbc.co.uk. And uh, another one here, Stuart. Nice to have you with us this morning. And um, one here. Your comment about Hastings being God's waiting room is misinformed. Eastbourne is where the old people live, and Bexhill is where their parents live. No, no, Hastings, definitely God's waiting room. Definitely. I know, I used to work Hastings. And uh, it's definitely... A lot of people sitting in bus shelters, staring out to sea. I don't know why, but I've done it myself. And, you know, it's very therapeutic. You could sit in a bus shelter with the rain lashing down with your portion of fish and chips and a cup of tea and a flask, and you could stare out to sea and think, it doesn't get any better than this. It really doesn't. And there's a lot of other elderly people there who also think exactly the same. So, some of those don't have the fish and chips. They just have sausage and batter. Or some of them just, just a small portion of chips. And, and it's great. And you share a flask of tea. And it's just... I'm getting too old, aren't I, really? Quarter to seven. <laughs> News headlines with Sam Pittis. Police are questioning a 16-year-old boy over the... First this morning from seven. According to the paper today, most drivers flout the law at traffic lights, ignoring the risk of a serious accident. I was actually sitting at red traffic lights yesterday coming in, and somebody next to me decided he wasn't going to sit there, so he just drove straight over them. And you see this all the time in London, all the time, not just in London, just outside as well. I love the way that the uh, Daily Express and the Daily Star are trying to overhype Celebrity Big Brother, even though, sadly, it's got some losing Americans in it. I see no interest at all, I'm afraid, in Pamela Bark. And you're all now saying, who's Pamela Bark? And I'm saying she's apparently famous because she is the one we mentioned earlier. She is the ex-wife of David Hasselhoff. Her name's Pamela Bark. Well, if, you, if I'd said to people before, Pamela Bark's going to be in Celebrity Big Brother, you'd all be saying, who is she? 
And the answer is, she's the ex-wife. That's how, that's how desperate they've actually become. And I do love the story here by Greg Heffer, who says, Big Brother fever was gripping Britain yesterday. So why are we sticking losing Americans in? Why have we got third-rate Americans going into Big Brother fever? It's not gripping the country at all. The moment it was announced that Brian Dowling was going to be presenting it, most people made a point of being out for the evening. Which makes it so much easier, doesn't it? Uh, Stacey Solomon has just tweeted she's off to film Iceland's Christmas campaign, says Mark. Yes, she, she said that before. She'd said she was, she was looking forward to doing it. <laughs> Bless her heart. Uh, Hastings, apparently, uh, says Mags, is now a student's haven. Oh, ghastly. God, students, we have them in Twickenham as well. Dreadful people, dreadful. Uh, you should have seen the Hastings OAPs push and shove when they had a pensioner's special on fish fingers and chips. Mark said plenty of life in them then, uh, down there. I, but they do offer discounts, don't they? I can't wait to become a pensioner when you get discounts and everything. You get free, free bus travel and then you get discounts on uh, fish and chips. Mary in Mortlake said it was a disgrace yesterday. The road closures were a joke. The stewards didn't have a clue. I was very late for church. There's a couple, actually speaking of church, there's a great story in the paper today of a couple who turned up to get married in, in Welsh Wales. And unfortunately, there was a, um, a parishioner in the church who was praying and they weren't coming out of the church until they'd finished praying, so they held up this wedding ceremony. I don't know. I mean, don't people sort of, you know, read the bands and everything else and think, oh, right, well, there is going to be a wedding ceremony here today, so I'll, I'll do my prayers a little bit later on. But no, they stayed in there, and they actually stayed there for an extra 20 minutes. As the, as the bridegroom said afterwards, I hope they were praying for us. I know we were certainly going to be praying for them. So, uh, James O'Brien, yes, you're quite right, Sid. It is Jackie Smith. It is that Jackie Smith, former Home Secretary. And uh, she will be sitting in for James O'Brien next week on LBC. Next week she's going to be doing it. We've got James Max doing it uh, this week. Uh, all the people in the paper saying, you give us such a lift, the phone, shore, uh, phone shop boss whose store was trashed by rioters. Um said now, because the Daily Star have got this crusade and they've got uh, some people who are going to help them out, Richard and Judy and Brian Dowling are among three of the uh, major names that they've managed to coerce into getting involved with this. And they've still got photographs in the papers of people being led out from their homes in handcuffs, doors being broken down. And as the Daily Star said, and we said last week, and The Sun have been saying all week, you have to shop these people. If you see a photograph of somebody in the paper then you have, to, uh, you have to report them. They're very identifiable, very identifiable in the Daily Star today, especially the woman with the big grin on her face, who's obviously stolen some shoes and some booze by the look of it, and very happy she looks until she gets the knock on the door a little bit later on today. So uh, do shop people. They're, because it's, um, it is uh, owned by Richard Desmond, they are trying to, trying to ramp up, I'm afraid. Celebrity Big Brother, they say it's gearing up for a bay battle after signing up two mysterious hunks. Can't be British. Uh, they're saying here, the other contestant, one of them is a male model who regularly appears on billboards up and down the country, and uh, he's fronted major campaigns for Next, Marks and Spencer, and other major... So, in other words, nobody knows who he is. He's a knitting pattern. He's, a knit he's somebody who appears on billboards, and this apparently is a celebrity. How tragic. Apparently... Uh, there's one here. This is uh, one of the handsome males. He's used to female attention because he's a soap star heartbreaker. And in real life, he's had a number of torrid affairs. This makes him apparently ideal for low-rent celebrity Big Brother. A source said of the man who's appeared on billboards... A man who's appeared on billboards? I mean, I'll ask you. Do you I mean, <laughs> you couldn't make it up, could you, really? Somebody said he's drop-dead gorgeous. This is writing in the Daily Star. Saying, but of course he is. He's a model. 
But, I mean, he'll be as boring as... And this, this is now a celebrity, is it? Oh, dear, how worrying. They say Amy Childs, Kerry Katona and Pammy Anderson will be all over him. Oh, dear. It's all the low-rent people, isn't it? Pammy Anderson, who's doing apparently five days, because that's about her attention span, I think. Amy Childs, who's, who's very, very dull. And Kerry Katona. I mean, we don't need to know anything more about Kerry Katona. Waste of space, no talent, uninteresting, boring, chain smoker... You know, quite prepared, obviously, to dump the kids outside while she goes inside because she doesn't actually have a proper job. A little bit like Lembit Opik, who features in the papers today. He's saying that if he doesn't get nominated as the mayoral candidate for his party, he's going to give up politics. I thought, actually, Lembit, politics gave you up some time ago. And he's going to get himself a proper job. Yes, but the trouble is, Lembit, what are you qualified for? Buffoon? Chief Clown? I can't think of anything that you can possibly do. And let's face it, the man who was engaged to a cheeky girl. LBC Good Lord. Where are they now? It was like a statement, wasn't it? Almost like a statement. And um, so I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed, but also quite relieved that finally Lembit the Boar Opic is finally going to get a proper job because he's popped up on a few things now. And I think the British public have kind of lost interest. I think we see these people as little bits of a joke and then, and then we don't bother. Yesterday, says John, we travelled down to London from Leeds the opening of our friend's restaurant in the evening, so we spent the day doing some sightseeing, at least we hope we could. London on a Sunday, never again. If it wasn't the tube closed, the roads were. Well, actually, all the tube was open. There was only one line which wasn't open. And also, all the sightseeing in London, you can do, you can walk around by yourself, just in this area alone. We've got tonnes of stuff here. Tonnes of... You can walk through... I walked through Chinatown the other day. That was great. You could go through there. You could go through Theatreland. Walk up Old Compton Street, down Wardour Street. Look at the big buildings. Go to Trafalgar Square. You can go to the Portrait Gallery for free. The National Gallery for free. You can sort of feed pigeons. Not, thank you. Please don't ever. Ghastly things. Because I, w- I was down. I was uh, I had this barbecue yesterday with Anthony Davis. And I, I met him by the bridge going to Eel Pie Island which is where the uh, lovely couple were who had the, uh, the barbecue. And I was watching people feeding pigeons. And it was person after person. Now, we have, in Twickenham, the fattest pigeons ever. And I kept saying to him, it's a bit like a scene from Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. People feeding pigeons, thinking, oh, the poor little things are going to starve. They can't move round our way. They cannot fly, these things. They literally have to waddle round everywhere, as yet somebody else turns up, you know, distributing tonnes and tonnes of bread, which just attracts, because the pigeons eventually go, I couldn't eat another thing. We've got more ducks and everything else than we ever need. So I think, uh, you know, once we've started culling the Canada geese, I'll feel a lot better about life. Anyway, just about it for today. So go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Check out all the pictures from Angels. And also check out their website, because they do tours around there, and you can experience what I experienced with Adrian. We had a fantastic day down there. It was really, really good. And uh, why don't you take advantage of their tours, go down there and have a look. They're only in Hendon, not difficult to get to, and they've got a car park as well, so even better news. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning between 5 and 7. I hope you have a peaceful day today. If you're going off on holiday, like the Rose family, I hope you have a lovely, lovely time, and don't forget to send a postcard. Nick and the team, after 7, first of all, the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing up 157